Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or our notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., your host for the next half an hour, talking about immigration and immigration only. This show airs every Tuesday at 10 a.m., right here at Daisy 1250 a.m., If you don't know about the radio station, I really hope that you will spread the word and tell all your friends and families about it. Uh, If you've joined us today, thank you so much and welcome. Uh, This show is uh, all about immigration, but the the radio station is all about the South Asian community. To connect us all together, whether you have an event to share or news to share, please contact the radio station and connect the community. My show is all about immigration. If you have questions about your status, your options, uh, any question at all, the studio call-in number is 844-301-1250. That's 844-301-1250. I'd love to hear from you, so call in if you can. And you can email us at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. That's info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. If you have feedback, anything that you want to have research, you know, just let us know. Um, so today we have a very special guest to talk about some very interesting issues we haven't covered in the show yet. But before I get there, I want to remind you of a few things that um, are in the news or things that you need to pay attention to. So we've been talking about the visa waiver rules for quite a few weeks now, and unfortunately, it's still causing havoc. Um, I've had clients who are still facing problems, and you know, it's it's interesting to see how big an impact it is really having on the day-to-day lives of people coming to the US as visitors, uh, whether it's for pleasure or for business. So if you have questions about that, go to the website for CBP and the Department of State to learn about the new rules. Uh, Secondly, I want to remind you that the Federal Register comment period on the AC-21 and I-140 employment authorization issues is due on February 29th. It's really important that you leave comments about how your life is affected on each of these issues that are addressed in the Federal Register. And just a rundown of the issues really and some are uh, who can get a uh, work permit in what circumstances, and it really is very limited. Uh, the Federal Register also allows grace period for various work per- um, visas. Uh, there are H-1B um, issues addressed as well, whether it's cap exempt or just how much time is left in an H-1B. Uh, so all of these issues are very important and this is the time to make your comments heard. So please make sure that you write your comment, uh, whether it's on the website or mailing in. Please do your part. Uh, and, and lastly, the reminder for the, for the I will make next is the H-1B deadline. 
Anybody who's trying to get a work visa uh, this year, uh, whether you have applied in the past and failed or whether you're coming out of a student visa, the H-1B deadline is April 1st, which means you really need to file by March 31st. And if you haven't started preparing already, you really need to start immediately. There are two prongs to filing an H-1B. That is, you get a certification from the Department of Labor. And if you are a first-time applicant, your application will take extra time because the Department of Labor has to register the company, which takes about three to 10 days in addition to the normal uh, certification of the LCA. Um, So those are some of the reminders to keep in mind. Um, I'm not going to delay talking to our wonderful guest today. He's right here in the studio. Check out our Facebook page to see us actually getting in action. Um, So today's guest is a notable personality. He's a renowned lawyer in IP and entertainment law. And through his pro bono work, he has assisted a victim of human trafficking, which we will discuss in a moment. But human trafficking is something we haven't touched upon yet. So I'm so grateful that my guest, James W. Taylor, is here today in the studio. Welcome, James. Tamina, very happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to have you here. But before I ask you questions, I want to tell the listeners a little bit about you. So James Taylor has over 30 years of experience in the legal field and is of counsel at the Jacobson Law Firm. He provides legal services to entertainment law clients in Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. James' experience experience includes former positions in Fortune 50 corporations, Uh, national law firms and with federal and international governments. He also has film production experience, including screenwriting and short story development, as well as screen and uh, script credits. Taylor received his law degree in 1980 from the Pacific McGeorge School of Law in Sacramento, California, a university of the Pacific School. He holds the Master of Laws and Master of Arts degrees from the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. He received his Bachelor of Arts from the Miami University in Ohio. Taylor is admitted to practice law in California, the District of Columbia, and Washington State. In 1987, he was admitted to the Bar of the United States Supreme Court. He has been a longtime member of the American Bar Association and formerly was the associate editor of an uh, ABA, that's the American Bar Association Professional Journal. You can read more about him on our blog at watsonimmigrationlaw.com and of course at the firm's website. James, thank you again for being here. You have so much experience, I don't even know where to start. Well, let's start with, uh, my name is James Taylor, but I'm not that guy. <laughs> and I'm not going to sing today. I'm okay, sorry. well, darn it. Oh, well, well we're just going to have to stick, him. To, yeah. stick to immigration. Well, you know, a, a lot of immig- uh, lawyers who don't practice immigration law ha- often do some pro bono work in immigration law because it's a, it's a humanitarian area uh, which really does make a difference in somebody's life. How did your pra- path cross immigration law? Well, I was working in the Republic of Palau, that's P-A-L-A-U, which is uh, seven degrees above the equator, out in the middle of the Pacific, uh, near the bottom, you might say, of the Marianas Trench. And uh, I was working there, and uh, there were some, there was one uh, case that came up about a karaoke bar that was a front for prostitution that was prosecuted. I got involved in that prosecution. And uh, I come to find out one day, a friend of mine uh, who ran a a hotel there invited me to go to a karaoke bar and meet his new Chinese girlfriend. 
and I say I'm pretty skeptical about it because it was a pretty one of the questionable bar, uh, karaoke bars. So I went, and uh, he introduced me, and uh, we're sitting there in the room. They got a big screen TV, and there's going to be music up in a minute. And in walks uh, this other Chinese young, young lady, uh, sits down beside me, very very pretty, very good English. And I found out in that sort of less than an hour discussion, she had graduated from a school in Singapore, spoke English very well. Uh, and when we got up to leave, she asked me for my card. Well, what, what's happened, my experience is you, you go over there and they always want your card because they want to text you the next day and say, oh, I miss you, I love you, come to the karaoke bar tonight, etc. None of that happened with her. About two days, three days later, I got this call about nine in the morning uh, whispering to me, James, James, you remember me? You know, I'm still thinking this is a, this is some sort of a come on. And she said, I need help. I've been uh, sort of, I shouldn't say human trafficked, but that's what she meant. And I need to talk to you, but I can't get out of my room. And I can only go out at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, only for a very limited time. Long story short, I met her. And she explained to me that she had uh, come to Palau to be the assistant manager of a restaurant. And she showed up and was put in a room, a standard size hotel room with 14 bunk beds and 14 other women oh and one goodness. bathroom. Goodness. And uh, they were not allowed to go out by themselves. They had to be supervised, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, when I heard more of it, I went and got the, uh, I got her documents from the Department of Labor uh, uh, you know her her uh, admission documents, and I went and met with her and showed them to her, and she was shocked because she wasn't getting what she was supposed to be paid. She was not getting a day off a week, which was in the contract. Uh, remember, she could speak and read English like a pro, and whereas other Chinese women over there can't speak or read English and rely on their uh, Chinese uh, boss, you might say, to tell them what they're supposed to do or not do. And they can't get out. And she said, I want out. So what did you do? What I did was I, I worked for a government uh, public figure, and I, I couldn't I could try and be the matchmaker. So I found a, a female lawyer who had been a, a pub, former public defender to take on this uh, and help her pro bono. And got all that started. Uh, long story short was uh, the, the weird side of it for me, tell me it was, uh, the lawyer wanted her out of the, you know, the room with all the other 14 others, 13 others. And she uh, asked me if I could get her put up in a hotel, if I could get her to a friend's house or whatever. And I did ask around quite a bit. Nobody wanted to be involved in that. Uh, none of the expats that were there. And uh, so I said, well, she can come to my house for 10 days but she's got to stay in my guest room. She's got to not go outside. She's got, you know, all that. And uh, that's what finally happened. And I was able to to get her uh, out on some tourist trips, and she saw the place. But she also gave a statement to the attorney general about uh, her experience, and it's pretty pretty nasty. Uh, she, she, because she spoke English, would go with other women who were Chinese that could not speak English when they were going somewhere to do what prostitutes do and translate. And she would sit there, read the paper. Some, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guy would say something, uh, the, the, the woman would say something, and she'd just translate back and forth. Goodness. But, yeah, horrible. And she was also at the front door because whenever there was a Westerner came in or looked Westerner, she would meet them, take them to a table, 
in the karaoke bar. Uh, I was able to get her uh, out, and but with a lot of difficulty through the use of the lawyer, and get her her uh, uh, ticket paid for by her employer. In the wow. meantime, I was being hunted by her employer. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I got a call. Uh, just a, a short note. I got a call uh, from her from my landlord, who said, "Jim, do you have a girl down there?" Mm. And I said, "Yes, she's a witness." Uh, uh, she's going to be talking to the AG tomorrow. Blah, blah. He says, well, this the guy that owns the karaoke bar uh, is hunting for you, mm. a big local guy, and he's got his Chinese manager with him. And I told him that you lived on the other side of the island. And I said, thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> and from that point, that was only maybe two more days she was going to be there. I got her out and uh, away from the house. Wow. Okay. Uh, that scared me so much. And I got her to the airport like 12 hours before her flight. Uh, got her through security, through immigration, all of that, just to get her to the point where she was in a safe room and could get on that airplane. Because this guy would have hurt me, would have hurt her. So how did how did they just let it go after she had flown out of the country? She she was so she left, and uh, they had a case they prosecuted to conviction on a, a different karaoke bar. Uh, two people, there were four people that were defendants. Two got. Uh, uh, sent back to the Philippines, and two got to uh, jail time. And wow. then the the uh, the employees got uh, restitution. Wow. Of well, back wages, et cetera. Interesting. I mean, it sounds like things that you know movies could be made of. You know, so yes, how, but it's how, also a very good su- success story. Absolutely. She came back to the U.S. on her own. I wow. didn't even know this, and got admitted on her own to a, a school, a university in Texas, and she got her master's of accounting uh, and has is running a business, I think, in Texas. I have lost touch with her over the wow. last few years. Wow, what a difference. But that's a success story. Wow, what a difference you made in that person's life and the other 13 people. So wonderful. You know, listeners, if you are listening to this story, in the U.S., for similar situations, there are visas called S and T visa. The S visa is for somebody who is helping uh, the authorities with an inv- a conviction or an investigation. Uh, that's what, if, he, if, if this particular victim were in the U.S., she may have qualified for the S visa. But also the T visa, that's for specifically for victims of human trafficking. You know, recently, uh, in the last few weeks, there was a human trafficking ring that was caught in Bellevue, Washington, and about 12 um, Korean ladies were victims uh, of this human trafficking um, issue. Uh, so, you know, that, those are the types of people c- that can use the, the visa categories that, you know, to date, we have not had the opportunity to talk about. So just to keep this in mind, if you have a friend or family that is member that really is in trouble, these types of visas could help them. So thank you so much, James, for sharing your story and also giving me the opportunities for listeners to listen to this issue and be aware of the visa categories that would be applicable in the U.S. Now, question for you. You were in Palau doing some very interesting um, work, but you have so much going on. Tell us what's going on on your plate at the moment. Oh, good heavens. Uh, I work for the, uh, the Seattle office of a New York uh, law firm that, that is in the entertainment business. Intellectual, They do intellectual property, copyrights, trademarks, et cetera. And I do some of that, but I'm also more on the film side. In fact, I'm having a film screening tonight. Oh, tell me more. Uh, it's a, a local filmmaker named Garrett Bennett, uh, happens to be a friend of mine, made this film some years ago called Farewell to Harry, 
Made in Port Townsend. Lovely film. It's it's going to be at the O'Malley's Irish Pub at 6-ish, uh, 1190 Thomas Street, up near REI. Wow. And I invite, to, it's free, I invite people to come in, it's a private space, and a very, very interesting movie, and Garrett will be there. Cool, But very what am cool. I doing? I, I, I'm working uh, with some clients on, uh, you know, issues and legal problems that they have uh, in that business, uh, breach of contract, uh, trademarks, get trademarks. I, I urge all of you listeners if you have uh, something that's trademarkable or copyrightable, please make the effort and get it done because then you are protected. There are so many copyright uh, problems, so many trademark problems out there that uh, it's worth it uh, all the way around to get, get things protected. So a listener who has no idea what those two things are, very briefly, why don't you tell them what they are so they know that this is something they need to protect? Well, if you write something, I write a play or I write a script, uh, I write uh, whatever I write, uh, I own a common law copyright in that just because that's the way the law is. But I'm really not protected because somebody could, could steal it, somebody could use it, and you really have to get it registered with the Library of Congress. And uh, then you have statutory uh, protection, you have statutory rights such as recovery of your legal fees. For instance, there was somebody in Seattle that, that made a piece of art. That art was copied by a major company. They did not copyright it to the Library of Congress, and they, they sued the company, got a judgment, and the court said, your, your art's worth $1,000, and that's what the company will have to pay you back. But Unfortunately, the legal fees were $30,000, and there was no coverage on that. If that guy had just copyrighted that piece of art Mm. uh, through the copyright office, it doesn't cost a lot of money. It's Mm. really not complicated. And uh, he would have been able to get his legal fees as well. Wow. So So it's really – trademarks are similar. Trademarks are a mark that identifies your uh, business, your – uh, uh, special uh, brand. I guess brand is the best word to use for it. And it's done through the Patent and Trademark Office. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's also a great protection. You really have to have it. So who are your clients? Are they individuals? Are they clients? Um, uh, there are some, yes and yes, some individuals, uh, some uh, companies, uh, some large and small businesses, mm-hmm. some pretty famous musicians. Very cool. You know, I want to take the opportunity to talk about your son very briefly. I believe you have a very famous son. I do. My son's name is Jonathan Taylor. I hope he's on this show one day. Uh, He has been a uh, – I'm the father who got the call from the son, Dad, I'm dropping out of college. And as a father, you have to really think about that. What do I say? No, you're not. Or, okay, what are you going to do? I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to be a performing clown. And I said, go for it. And he wow. did. He wow. became a Ringling Brothers clown, uh, spent 10 years with Blue Man Group. My goodness. Has his own show with his wife, who's equally as talented as he is. Wow. And uh, was on a show called The Empire uh, that toured uh, Australia. Uh, was New York, Canada, Australia, Japan, and New Zealand over the last three years. Wow. Sold out most nights. Goodness. Fantastic show. I've seen it 24 times. Wow. <laughs> well, that's amazing. What an amazing job you have done as a lawyer, as a father, somebody who is humanitarian. Thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your story. And perhaps My another pleasure. day you can come to the show and talk about immigration-related issues. Well, and he, you should have him because he knows a lot about it. He's helped a lot of people that are 
uh, have been on different shows that he's been on. Wonderful. I can't wait to have him on the show, and perhaps he can talk about the entertainment visas for yes. people. Wonderful, yes, wonderful. Well, thank you again, James, for being on the show. Really, really grateful for your time, and hope listeners um, have enjoyed. You know, one last thing before I let you go. If a listener wanted to contact you, how would they do so? Oh, uh, email is james at jacobsonfirm.com, and my phone number is 206-708-9166. I'm on Facebook. Uh, Anyone can contact me by phone, by email, by Facebook private mail or anything else wonderful uh, or wonderful. they can go through you they can come come through your office sure. and you can forward something sure. i'd be happy to take more questions uh i think having somebody like you uh in a city like this is really important wonderful. and the only difference is there are no s or t visas in palau and if you're in a, a traffic situation they are ranked very low on the list of okay they're really not in compliance uh, mm-hmm. But they don't, the, like this young lady does, would not have had the ability to get an S or TV set. Yeah, well, thank you so very much for all that you have been doing and for the kind words. Um, and have a great day. Uh, so, listeners, that was a fascinating interview with attorney James Taylor, who has so much experience. I wish he will come on the show another time to talk about some other aspects of what he does. But, again, I want to bring your attention to two new visa categories that we uh, have brought to the show today. Um, and maybe like uh, Sesame Street, today's show is brought to by courtesy of visas S and T. Um, so, I would ask that you, if you have any questions... Email me at info at Watson Immigration Law. You can call the studio. I mean, we're running out of time today, but if you were to call, the number is 844-301-1250. A reminder of the issues that I would like to bring to your attention is a deadline for commenting on the Federal Register uh, issues on AC21 and I-140. The, the deadline is... February 29th, I believe, and H-1B deadlines are April 1st, which really means you've got to get your petition in March 31st. And even though there might be a, there is a five-day window to file your H-1B petition, really, you shouldn't wait for that. Last year, the government received over 200,000 applications, and uh, this year, I anticipate that, well, my prediction is that they will receive closer to 300,000 applications. So get yourself in gear so you can make sure that you don't miss the the deadline. So, listeners, we are running out of time, I'm afraid. And if you have questions or comments, you can email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. I do want to hear back from you. Um, Give me your feedback, your thoughts. If there are questions that you have, call us. I want you to make a note of the number, which is 844-301-1250. And uh, our blog at watsonimmigrationlaw.com will have a recording of this particular interview, but it also has a recording of all our previous interviews. um, And, of course, it will have an update of who our guest is next week. So stay tuned. We have a very interesting guest, and I cannot wait for you to listen to our guest next week. you should really spread the word about the this brand new uh, station in our community, www.desi1250am, AM, which you can also catch on the station, radio station, 1250am in the car or wherever you have a radio. Next week, we will talk more about immigration updates. 
Um, and we will talk about all the things that are going on in the world. There is just so much going on. Um, and there's, there's a presidential election. Please keep an eye out for what's going on. Be engaged. Be aware. Who we vote in, um, in these elections, whether it's local or federal, really it does make a difference. I want to bring your attention to an article that was um, published in the Seattle Globalist last week that I had written about becoming a citizen. And it's just so important that if you have, if you are eligible to become a citizen, I urge you to consider it. If you have five years of residency in the U.S. and have traveled less than 50% of that time and have paid your taxes uh, in, uh, accordingly, then you should have no problems filing for naturalization. It takes about seven months uh, to get citizenship at this point. So get if you want to vote in the November, November election, please go ahead and do it. Thank you again to all the listeners for tuning into this show. I hope you will spread the word of the show and the station thank you again to our wonderful guest attorney james taylor this is tamina watson discussing immigration with tamina on desi 1250 until next week thank you and bye-bye Just gone on, just